This is Rating Descending, where we watch IMDb's worst 250 films so you don't have to. I'm Michelle St. Clair. And I'm Abigail Ward. And this week we watched Fifty Shades Darker. While Christian wrestles with his inner demons, Anastasia must confront the anger and envy of the women who came before her. Let's watch. I said I wanted to start this episode with ASMR. Yeah, do it. Yeah, well, okay. Let's get some good coffee sounds in there. Yeah, I'll do some water ones. I've okay. got a bit of ice, so there'll be a bit of okay. clinking. Yeah. That was coffee. This is water. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> is the water getting poured onto you? You don't drown a little bit every time you drink water? You're, the back has two pipes. One right. goes to lungs, one goes to the barely. I don't use my mouth at all. I just snort water. Is that wrong? Yes. Have I been drinking water wrong this whole time? I mean, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know. But I think it might be wrong. But Mm. again, I'm no scientist. It's just confusing because, like, straws are kind of designed for nostrils rather than mouths. They're just perfect nostril width. So, you know, that's where the the jump to this conclusion came from. Normally I'd want a yes and, but that's such a weird take. <laughs> I don't even know how Come to on, yes and. play with me here. <laughs> Do the bit. Yeah, you're totally right. Straws are, straws are nose... <sighs> Nose-sized. Nose-sized. When you think about it, why don't we use them for nose things? I mean... Well, that's why that's why the push to ban plastic straws isn't actually environmental. It was something that started by Big Mouth trying to reclaim mouth, <laughs> <laughs> trying to reclaim just glasses with a lip. Also, well, I'm proud of myself. I could be drinking wine, but I'm not drinking wine. I'm drinking water because every time I drink wine in the afternoon, I want a little nap at 4 p.m. Yeah, and it bums me out. Yeah, it's also afternoon is generous. It's it, it's very early afternoon, I guess. <laughs> I worked really hard for all of two hours. I deserve it. That's true. Yeah, deserve the alcohol. That is the best thing is uh, working from home. Nobody looks at me if I'm drinking at my desk. Like drinking alcohol or drinking anything at your desk? I, at my last job, they said there was a no liquids policy. Really? So I could have water as long as I had it in solid form. <laughs> Not ice. I would usually have it powdered and I would just there at my go. desk. Did you use a straw to do that? No. Crazy. It's nose shaped. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I bought $300 worth of wine. So all I want to do is drink wine at the moment for obvious reasons, but I want to space it out and savor it because it's good wine, you know? I really should have just gone back to my $3 Aldi wine and just mm. binged on that. No, but this is how you're progressing to your mid-20s, is you're spending money on wine that is more than $3 at a time. Yeah, this is how I know I'm in my mid-20s, is because I'm spending more than $3 on wine, and I now go to a, a doctor that isn't bulk build. That's like, Times are changing. That's like some real grown-up shit. I know. Yeah. I know. It's like, I drink black coffee instead of drinking four different kinds of tea because i think it makes me more interesting i definitely feel like when people just order a black coffee they feel like there's some gravity to it Mm. i feel like i've 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 literally had a man say to me before like oh black coffee (laughs) that's a man's drink yeah yeah but i feel like when people are ordering a black coffee they're like "Mm mm-hmm black coffee black no she no no sugar no no milk i take it straight (laughs) yeah 
glancing of, around the shop for none approval. of this other bullshit <laughs> i'm not a sheeple i drink black coffee <laughs> also isn't it wild to think that like right now we're both 25 years old this is a five-year project we will be both be 30 when this is over never describe me as potentially 30 ever again <laughs> not to my face not behind my back are you planning some incredible tragic death before 30 or do you just not it's, want to think about it it's just i feel like if i will it hard enough i will remain because i don't mind being older than a teenager i don't want to go back to being a teenager being no. a teenager sucked hardcore yeah right bad time being 20 was like being a teenager but with more responsibility but the same dumb shit sort of aspect i don't mind being 23 to 25 that's that's where i but i worry that i'm peaking i think 23 and it's was a, a low peak 23 was a great age at the time i was like 23 is so nothing but i think that was a really good age i wasn't particularly happy at 23 but yeah. i'd like to be myself now but also be able to say i'm 23 i've also been so busy doing things like work and other stuff that like Man, I I feel like I feel like I've, I've missed on the classic uh, early twenties social experiences as displayed on many movies from the nineties and uh, now on TikToks from the twenty twenty. That ship has sailed. Yeah. Now I've got to move into the oh we're having a show about people who are in their twenties, but really they're in their thirties for most of the runtime. Friends. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I noticed I I seem to have a wrinkle on my forehead. It's not like a horizontal one, yeah. But because I frown so much, when when I frown, when I when I furrow my brow, I get these two lines that appear right over my eyebrows, mm. and they're vertical and they go up. And now they just don't leave. So uh, I now have my first wrinkle. That's just because you frown a the lot. The little signs of aging are terrifying. I was saying the other night, I realized that my body, like they say that your brain stops growing by the time that you're 25. Mm. And I feel like your body starts declining after 25 as well. Is this it? Is this my peak physical condition? Because it's it's not working for me. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. And it's not my fault. You know, I'm a flawless little angel. Nothing I've done has ever been wrong. It's society that's the problem. Yeah, I just, I, I've said this before, but I resent the fact that time moves forward whether or not I will it to. It's despicable. Sometimes time moving forward is good, like if you're waiting for something. And then other times it just decides to continue Which is awful. Inexorably. Why doesn't time bend to our individual will? That's yeah. my question. It's 2020, you know? Yeah. Mr. Einstein failed us all. Again, as you know how you know science, I also, I love, I love science. I think about it all the time. So, you know. Yeah, classic Abby, loves science. Do you, you ever just have a little Google and you type in science things and you just... Oh, there's so many I wanna, science things. I want to make a t-shirt that has your face and then a little speech bubble that says, I love dot 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 science <laughs> <laughs> i want that t-shirt yeah. t-shirt too that'll be our second piece of merch with the first being jesus is a great mechanic oh yeah yeah oh thanks, god thanks. it was god is the best mechanic yeah that's right thanks gaiden for the idea yeah that was shout good. out to gaiden <laughs> that made it more of a shouting <laughs> why did you yell like that speaking <laughs> Speaking of things that made me want to shout. Speaking of yelling. Speaking of, well, I mean, there's not much yelling in the movie. No, I, I did a lot of yelling. Right, yeah. So speaking of things that make us want to yell. Speaking of yelling. No, yeah. <laughs> Let me just ruin your segue okay. a little bit Hang more. Hang on, rewind. The good thing is I can <laughs> cut all of it out. No! <laughs> and then I Keep it in. <laughs> speaking of things that make us want to yell. Uh-huh. This week we watched 
Fifty Shades Darker. So, full disclosure, this is, I think, the first one on this list that we've watched before. Yes. Yeah. Which we watched a couple of years ago, the first and second one, not realizing that the third one wasn't out yet, just, like, to experience it. And I feel like enough time has passed that I kind of forgot all of the what happens For in sure. it. For sure. Especially because we were very drunk the first time watching it. This is... So, I'm not a very socially adept person. I wish... I could have experienced what it was like being in a theater because I love the I, cinema experience. No, no, no. Right? I was literally this is this was what I was going to bring up first as well. Yeah, if you booked tickets to see this in cinema, did you want to sit in a room full of strangers all being horny at the same time yeah. together? Because you're pretty much watching soft porn. I, I I've been in movies that are say like we w- went to go see The World's End, which was great because it was just a theater filled with Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg fans, and we're all that collective laughing and joy more than we would individually. The, you, the film makes like brings on an energy in yeah. the room. It's, <laughs> on, on the other end of the spectrum, when we went to go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I feel like there was a tension for the first like forty minutes of it of the audience going, "Have we decided we like this or don't like this?" Yeah, I liked it, but I definitely the first bit of it, I was like, "Do we all like it? Am I supposed to laugh now, or is that scene is not okay by the rest of the audience?" In Fifty Shades Darker, there's literally scenes where like he's like eating her out and they're yeah. fucking having sex doggy style it's it's really graphic for what typical sex scenes are yeah what was it like did anyone go with their mom did anyone bring a relative <laughs> just I sitting hear there about being some... like man this is hot I we, hear... we all agree this is pretty horny right i want to just hear some awkward stories about people's experience like watching this movie i wonder if anyone was duped into seeing this not understanding well it's also because like it's very horny but it's also very bad yeah. So, I, I can't imagine what the in-cinema experience was like being like, man, this is complete rubbish. Oh, they're fucking? Oh, fuck, yes. <laughs> as a group, as a collective horniness. Yeah. I wonder the if... communal horniness. I wonder if it's like seeing the Beatles back in the 60s, but instead of it being the Beatles, it would be like the Monkees, because... I was trying to think of a, of a band, because like the Beatles were good. You'd be like, this is good, and we're all horny. I don't think it's the same kind of thing. I, I don't know. They didn't have movies in the 60s. <laughs> the, the number one thing that got me about this movie, because I kept thinking about it, thinking about two things the whole time, and one of them was I couldn't tell. I mean, I know it's just badly written, but I couldn't tell if the movie was trying to say that we're meant to support Anna in not wanting to be submissive and being her own strong person or if the theme of the movie was that was the wrong thing for her to do and she should submit, because it seemed to want to say both things at the same time, right? I feel like in the film, he... We should get into the overview do you before want me to we get overview? into this, okay. but I feel like the whole gist of the film is that she's trying to make him submit to what she wants in the relationship, but really throughout the film, it's her submitting to what he wants again. Yeah. It's really blurred and muddled. But then just feeling uncomfortable about it. She looks constantly uncomfortable around him. I said while we watched it, and I stand by this, because first time we watched this, I didn't realise how much he's meant to be a billionaire, not just a rich person. He's a billionaire. So this is Elon Musk and Grimes, for sure. I kept going into this in our modern, like, let's guillotine the rich sort of uh, mindset. And it really changes the viewing, I would say. It's really upsetting because everyone eats this fucking film up because he's a billionaire. He can fix any issue with money. Yeah. And people like rom-coms where people are living a lifestyle they could never 
emulate. Yeah. So maybe I'll get into a bit later, but there's always, with these films, there is always this insane amount of materialism, mm. which draws people in. People like this film. They like this franchise because it's stylish and sexy. They're on boats and she wears beautiful dresses and she has this enormous apartment and he has this incredible penthouse. It's all about like luxury. Yeah. What I really wanted, the the bondage that I want, wanted out of it was I wanted Anna to tie him to a guillotine and then say, eat the rich and execute him. <laughs> That's what I wanted. I'll do the overview now. Yes. After Anastasia Steele leaves Christian Grey at the end of the first film, she goes on to start a new job as an assistant to Jack Hyde, an editor at a publishing company. When a semi-chanced encounter with Christian brings him back into her life, she decides to rekindle the relationship, but only on the condition that she isn't a submissive. Christian and Jack quickly meet and clash. Anna finds herself frustrated at Christian for attempting to dominate her life by buying the publishing company and demanding she not go on work trips. Christian brings her to Elena, the woman who seduced him when he was younger, which rattles Anna. Afterwards, the pair go to his family's annual ball. Anna finds out more about Christian's traumatic childhood, and Elena demands that she leaves him, but she refuses. Later, Jack attempts to force himself on Anna, but she fights back, and Christian has Jack fired, with Anna temporarily replacing his position as editor. Meanwhile, Layla, a former submissive of Christian's who has been following Anna throughout the movie confronts her in her apartment and she watches as Christian uses his dominance to get her to stand down. Anna starts to reconsider the relationship, but Christian proposes. He leaves on a business trip, but his helicopter crashes. He's quickly found and returns home to find that Anna has agreed to say yes. At Christian's birthday party, Anna and then Christian confront Eleanor about her behaviour and she gets promptly shunned from the family. Meanwhile, Jack watches over the party from afar, swearing revenge. That was as as best as I could, a summary of all of the things that happened. It was really hard to remember the order because all of them just sort of happen. Yeah, because the film is really just a sequence after another, but they don't actually form any particular structure. It's just like almost like mini-sodes of their life together. It is. It's like episodes of a sitcom, but every episode's roughly 10 minutes long. (laughs) My favorite sequence was when they went out for dinner to celebrate. She gives him her underwear because that's sexy and raunchy. Yeah. And then they get in the elevator and he's touching her up and then they get back to his apartment and he has to take a phone call so she waits for him and then they play pool together and then they fuck. That's a good 10-minute chunk of the whole film. Yeah, it's like watching the worst prestige drama, like a Foxtel prestige drama that's just horny and has no drama. Yeah. It's it's not... But any essence of drama they do have, they do not linger on for whatever the fuck reason. <laughs> yeah, His been... helicopter goes down. Like, Christian is fucking flying a helicopter and they crash in the wilderness. And it's all about how Anastasia feels about how he's been missing for a, a couple of hours. Yeah. I and then he just was... returns a little bit bruised and battered, being like, I survived. And I'm like, I want to see that. There's I want to see that movie. a news thing. There's not even, like, him in the hospital. He literally shows up in the elevator. Elevator how, at his home. How did he get there? Yeah. Did he did walk he from the crash site? The news were in the middle of reporting it. And because the film has no structure and it is just sequence after sequence of their relationship, their budding love for each other, <laughs> it means that like the film just keeps going on and on and on. And like I, I have to really ask you, does. how long actually was it? Because for me, I felt like the film was like two and a half hours long. Yeah. It went forever. It was 131 minutes. So if we count credits. It is long. No, if we count credits, it's only like two hours. Yeah, but that's longer than I thought it was. I mean, it felt like it was two and a half hours, but I expected it to be under two hours. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it, it drags so much. It does. And so many of it feels pointless. 
We've talked about movies with bad structure. This is a movie with no structure. No structure. This is the worst structured movie we've seen there's, so far. There's no framework that makes it a story. No. It is just stuff that happens. Because the story starts with Anna having left Christian, and then Christian's like, please come back. I, I want to have a relationship with you. So then the story is just about the relationship that they have together. Yeah. And again, these loose things come in and out of the story with Layla stalking them and with Jack trying to fucking rape Anna. Yeah. Which is crazy okay i wanted to talk about that quickly okay because i mean so this movie doesn't work as a fuck film right because it's it's bad but i feel like if you're making a film that's meant to be raunchy and sexy you gotta make it safe because that's what makes it sexy is it feeling like a safe space that we the audience can feel sexy i feel like putting rape and sexual assault into your movie makes it feel so unsafe but i feel like they did it for the opposite like they did it to try and make us feel safe because they're like look at how he's doing it and look how christian sex with anna is consensual and safe an opposite intended effect it made me go like holy shit but i mean like it's not just the rape that put you off the raunchiness of the film it's the film itself that does that i just feel like even if it was like a good raunchy film then making it rapey undoes the safe raunchiness what's a good raunchy film have you ever watched a good raunchy film i mean i've 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 watched movies that have good sex scenes yeah but like well they there's still sex scenes within films that are just standard films is there a good raunchy film that you've ever seen i'm just trying to think of sexy films in general i can't think of any well i mean often like the sexiest films i've seen are really just romance things what was Mm -hmm. that one that had george clooney and sandra bullock Gravity. <laughs> Sexiest <laughs> film I've ever watched. No, it's Steven Soderbergh did it. What the fuck was it called? Out of Sight. Have you seen Out of Sight? No. Okay, I haven't seen all of it, I will admit. But the bits that we watched, I've seen, like, the second act of it, and it was really good. It was really, like, romantic, and, like, the sex in it didn't feel sexualized. It just mm. felt intimate. Yeah. A good raunchy film is intimate. I take it back. I can think of a good raunchy film, and that's Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> That just gets me off. What the fuck? There's something about Miss Piggy saying, Oh, Peter, Peter, get the turkey ready. Hey, everyone. Um, So I wanted to be known on this podcast then that Abby is a Muppet Muppet fucker. Yeah. Yeah. Proud of it. You can't keep me down. Abby is a proud Muppet fucker. I will be oppressed no longer. (laughs) As a white woman. (laughs) You have a dildo that looks like Gonzo's nose. <laughs> oh, yeah, I have a Kermit sex doll. Uh, sure. I just love how small God. he is. That's the thing. Uh, the little collar does things for me as well around uh, his neck. It's just. He's like, it's almost like a Jacobean rough, but s- simplified. Yeah, yeah. Because it is sort of like a rough, right? But it's. It's like a star pattern. Yeah, it's just a star collar. What is that? Because it's not... Frogs don't have he's a star not, around their neck. Yeah, he's not wearing anything else but the weird star collar. He's one of the more naked Muppets. Which is kinky, really. Some, Always in a collar. Some Muppets have clothes on. I'm pretty mm. sure Fuzzy has, like, a vest. But Kermit is exceptionally naked. Yeah. Unless that is actually a collar that he's wearing. Miss Piggy is always dressed. Yeah, she's always fully dressed. How? It's like there's a normal woman and she has a naked boyfriend that wears a star collar at all times. Well, that's what their relationship is. That makes me think of Animal Crossing where most of them wear like a top but no bottoms. You know, Winnie the Poohing. That's nuts. Top, no bottoms. But K.K. Slider, who's like a rock star and like the, the end game of the game is him visiting your island. But he's just fully nude. 
Which makes me think of this, like, you're inviting to your small, intimate town a fully nude rock star playing acoustic guitar <laughs> in the town We've square. gotten really sidetracked here. <laughs> All I wanted we're to talking, say was that the Muppets make me want to fuck, and now... <laughs> we're just talking about things that we find sexy. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying uh, someone playing acoustic guitar in the middle of a small island <laughs> town, fully nude... <laughs> That'd get me off. And mine is Kermit reciting Charles Dickens' classic novel, A Christmas Carol. And there's nothing wrong with that. See, I found, I found, well, I was going to say I, f- I found him horny in uh, Muppet Treasure Island, but that's not true either. I mean, Tim Curry in Muppet Treasure Island is someone who made me question my sexuality. Really? Well, he's kind of. In, Mu- in, in Muppet Treasure Island? Well, he's not in that many movies. <laughs> I mean, the classic is always Rocky Horror. Yeah, which, I mean, made me question my own sense of self in a very different sort of way. Fair. Yeah, this was this was a bad, raunchy film. Yeah. Unlike <laughs> Muffet Christmas Carol, this just didn't tick all the boxes for me. Where was the Christmas spirit? <laughs> I saw a lot of people critiquing uh, Dakota Johnson and Jamie Dornan's performance, but definitely the, the low light for me was Kim Basinger as Eleanor. Yeah. She didn't want to fucking be there. No. Her character had nothing to her, and she delivered every line sort of like this. Although I will say Dakota Johnson still gave a very Kirsten Stewart as Bella performance where she did a lot of, uh, uh, I don't even, I don't even know what you mean. <laughs> and then like the fluttering eyes. It's the same shit. It's honestly yeah. the same kind of performance. And I think that's also why they're the leads in these terrible rom-coms mm. is that they are the classic submissive shy girl thing. Yeah. They've got beautiful brunette hair and pale skin Love and they flutter hair. their eyelids a lot. It's the same thing. Yeah, that is true. Well, that's... that's and I mean, with a possessive man that thinks that they own them. That's and the, apparently that's romance. Okay, so that's what always got me about this movie, is that, like, people describe him as stalkerish. And it's not that I don't agree that he's stalkerish, but he's not stalkerish, right? Because he's a billionaire. He sees her as something to own, and that's what makes it fucked. Yeah. Right? Because you can't stalk property. So I don't think it's stalkerish. I think it's complete fuckery dominance i think it's just both well, he yeah, is a stalker he literally follows her. he gets his team to follow her and but i mean i'm saying like it's, it's 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 like a different psychology where he's just complete trying to completely take over her life i hate it i think he's doing both he's he thinks he owns her and he stalks her he's a piece of shit yeah he's he's somehow worse than edward and yeah. there's a lot of comparisons between twilight and and 50 shades because it's fan fiction it's fan fiction it's of twilight literally twilight fanfic they are born out of each other if Twilight is, like, funneling young adult teenage romance fiction into its, like, barest essentials, this is then, like, a mirror copy of that. This is, like, mm. if someone took Twilight and... Uh, what that thing where you, like, you put a piece of, like, carbon copy it? Yes. Yeah. And it's it, it makes it, like, reflect all of the worst parts of it. It's so gross. Mm. Yeah. And I was saying, like, again, like, it is a materialistic thing where people eat this shit up Mm. because they are stylish, attractive young people in a lovely city. It's super luxurious. There's a lot of money. And the romance is that he owns her and that she is his. And for some reason, people think that's romantic. Yeah. It's this lifestyle and this relationship that will never be achieved by the general populace, but they love to watch it and consume it. It's a literal fairy tale. It is a modern fairy tale. But it's... it's, And it's so... It's still so toxic. Yeah. And so unrealistic, obviously. And I was saying to you, this week I've become 
really inspired because I've decided to sell out. Yeah. I want to be a screenwriter and I want to be a good screenwriter, but I also want to make money. Mm. And uh, now that I've realized that people love shit like Fifty Shades and Twilight and they also watch things like The Kissing Booth and Tall Girl on Netflix, these are just terrible fucking rom-coms yeah. that 14-year-old me has already written. Yeah. I'm just going to sell out and write shit like this. Yeah. Think of the worst relationship of your life and then figure out how to make it romantic. Exactly. That's how you do it. Exactly. It's Yeah, like I said, it's... I, I kept just watching it as I'm like, this this guy's a fucking billionaire. What is... I'm sorry. I thought I had more of a point. <laughs> I just, I just, I can't... No, I get you. I get you. I can't move on from it. I also don't understand, once again, his interest in Anastasia. Mm. He is a billionaire and he often has control in every situation. So he's a character that is allowed to pretty much be interested in whoever he wants. Yeah. And he's fallen in love with Anastasia Steele. Yeah. Why? I don't get why. She's another really bland female protagonist that a bad writer has created. To to her defense, he's also a very bland. Like he everyone's is, but bland. Again, but again, he's a billionaire with a lot of money. So if we're thinking about these characters in a credible way, he's yeah. a billionaire with lots of money who can literally fucking date whoever he wants. So why would he choose Anastasia? Well, as we find out in the movie, because she kind of looks like his mum. Yeah. But also it turns out that there's heaps of other girls that look like his mum and that's yeah. all the all of his subs. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I, I will admit, I don't know a huge amount of, about BDSM, but I know that this is not it. Like, I don't... It, no. This is a, a crazy representation of BDSM. Yeah, let's, let's talk about the sex aspect of this film. Yeah. Because the Red Room is... Everything they do is so vanilla. Yeah. He literally spanks her a little bit. He puts these cuffs on her. He eats her out. He that guy eats pussy. That's a that's the positive. <laughs> he eats pussy. We never see her perform a blowjob, but he is always going down on her, which is great to watch. That's good shit. But he always goes straight for the straight pussy. For by the, the pussy. way, the foreplay is nuts. Very. There's maybe ten seconds of foreplay in the entire movie. But again, so like. He, he like there's a bit of foreplay. They're using cuffs. He puts a bit of oil on her at one point yeah. at the end, and it's a, meant to be a big moment. But it's just sweet, nice, warm oil. I yeah. thought it was wax. I was like, oh, is he gonna hurt her or punish her? Literally, yeah. He spanks her, puts some oil on her, and then they always end up fucking in missionary, and that is the yeah. insane kinky sex of Christian Grey. What a sadist. <laughs> well, we, I know, and I, I hate the way he's like, I'm not a dominant, I'm a sadist. I'm like, is that your self-identity? Yeah. It's almost as if it's like, oh, God, I, I can't. I do remember notoriously BDSM, the, the BDSM community really, they reject the, this whole franchise yeah. because it's not an accurate representation of it. And also there's a lot of things that Christian does that make her uncomfortable and the consent isn't often there. Yeah. Like the consent is blurry. Usually he's like, I've got these few, and he puts those fucking balls up her vagina. Yeah, the and kegel then, balls. Yeah, and she doesn't look comfortable with it. He holds them up, and she looks scared and uncertain. Yeah. That is not consent. And then she says the hottest line of the film, you're not going to put those in my butt. No, no, they're not going up my butt. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I really said butt. Yeah. <laughs> there were so many lines in this in this movie that, 
felt like it could have been in a really funny sitcom comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, they're not going up my butt. Because, like, there's this bit where, yeah, they're looking in the mirror at each other affectionately and then he just holds up the balls. Yeah. And her face drops. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so weird. But, yeah, there's blurred lines of consent, so the BDSM community do not approve of these films. The, also, the way that a submissive seems to be, like, a category of person instead of, like, a role in sex occasionally yeah. is really weird. Yeah, usually it's just, you know, a, a role that applies while you're fucking, I not in life. I can't believe Anastasia Steele met this man who completely emotionally dominates women in a way that a psychopath would. Yeah. Like, dude needs to go to therapy. The guy wants to emotionally torture women uh, to the point where they have no control over what they're doing mm. because they resemble his mother. Guy needs to talk to a therapist. Yeah. That's it. He needs mental health treatment. There's a lot of scenes exploring his traumatizing backstory, and mm. it's almost as if they're just using it to explain away why he's a villain and Which how he's is still weird. a good dude. You know, I've said before, my kink is someone going to therapy. That would make it hot to me. If I saw him going to therapy and then they I talk about consent more, oof, that would get me off. My kink is pissing. <laughs> Piss- love, pissing on Kermit. Love the, the, the yellow stream. Oh. <laughs> Cut that. <laughs> Cut it out. No. <laughs> um yeah, I I couldn't I couldn't fathom this movie. Like, I don't know. I wanted to talk more about the silly bits, but I'm way too distracted thinking about the incredibly uncomfortable sexual and personal dynamics at play all throughout this movie. Yeah. It's really upsetting because I've never been less turned on by soft porn. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been less turned on by a movie. I've been more aroused watching very unarousing movies. Yeah, I'm I'm going through the longest dry spell of my life thanks to lockdown in Melbourne. Yeah. And it still couldn't get me hot and heavy. <laughs> Nothing. Nah. Um, do you want to know some trivia about the movie? Sure. So when Anna's talking to her friend Hannah at the publishing company after she gets promoted to like temp- temporary editor, she says the line, I expect you to call me Anna. I don't expect you to fetch me coffee unless you're getting some for yourself and the rest will make up just as we go along. Melanie Griffith, Dakota Johnson's mother, said the almost exact same line in Working Girl in 1988, ah, which is so weird. That's so wild. It yeah. is weird because like Dakota Johnson, I always find it hard to believe that she's Tippi Hendren's granddaughter because they mm. look so dissimilar to me. Yeah. She's got a lot of Don Johnson in her. She does. Mm. I, I mean, I like Dakota Johnson. Maybe that's... She's fine. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we all stand after she exposed Ellen, but... Mm. I know nothing about I, her apart from that and that she's Tippi Hendren's granddaughter. So my, my opinion of her is, like, indifferent leaning to good. Yeah, that's fair. Mm. This is the only Fifty Shades movie to not have an IMAX release since all of the IMAX theaters were already booked to screen the Lego Batman movie. <laughs> There's a lot of things I like about that, but I also I can't fathom enjoying Fifty Shades of Grey on that massive a screen. Why is it necessary in <laughs> IMAX? Like, we saw Interstellar at IMAX. That's the kind of movie you see at IMAX. Yeah. Something grandiose with incredible imagery and 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 gravity to it, the, not Fifty Shades Darker. The idea of watching them walk around streets talking about fucking for two hours on IMAX which sounds painful. The idea of seeing you're not putting that up my butt in IMAX is <laughs> incredible. Although I would want to see titties that big. Mm, true. You know, when are you? When else are you going to see titties that big? Now I'm resentful that I've never seen titties that big. There you go. God. Well, all you got to do is look in the mirror. You know when you don't realize that you need something? Mm. 
And then you realize you need something. Mm-hmm. That's one of those moments. That's it. Um, so this one was a little uh, confusing, but I also liked it. We mentioned the whole bit of Christian gets in the holo- helicopter crash. Mm. That's because he's coming back from Portland to Seattle by Mount St. Helens, yeah. right? So as Christian approaches Mount St. Helens in the helicopter, they first see it approaching from the northeast as if they were flying southwest towards Portland from central Washington. Then they are seen flying north around the eastern face of the mountain with Crystal Lake in front of them in the opposite direction from the previous shot, neither of which accounts for why they were anywhere near Mount St. Helens in the first <laughs> place. It's nowhere near any convenient flight plan from Portland to Seattle. That's so silly. But yeah. th- didn't it turn out that like Mount St. Helens is an active volcano yeah it's the second most dangerous volcano in the united states yeah so she's like oh my god don't fly over it and it's like bitch you're gonna go over it for a second i think you'll be right yeah that's so silly very silly geography (laughs) geography take it take a class i also don't get it because they were near mount st helens which to me seems like okay you're setting up like a like a chekhov's volcano or something and then they they (laughs) crash near it but then they don't. It's not like they crash near it because the smoke over the mountain did. They they could have been anywhere. Yeah, they could no, have been absolutely anywhere. A good film has cause and effect, you know. Like a yeah. good film is like they see a volcano and she's like, oh, I hope it doesn't explode. And say they get over it, and then later they're coming back over it and it explodes, and that's why the helicopter goes down. Yeah. Even though that's a ridiculous scenario, that is an example of cause and effect. This is. Hope that doesn't explode. And completely separate to that, the helicopter starts going yeah, down. Yeah, why? That's won't, so silly. Why not just be on the normal path from Portland to Seattle? I have to say, I was really hoping when the helicopter went down that this would just turn into a disaster movie. You know, mm. or like a survival movie. It See, turns into him and good. this random woman trekking through the wilderness to get back to Anastasia. <laughs> And he does it by the skin of his teeth. See, that would have been interesting, but they skipped over that. Yeah. The news is reporting on him being missing, but then he's also gotten home somehow. Mm. I, I still want to know how and he got home. And you pointed out that his near-death near experience with heavy quotation marks. I feel like every episode at one point I say with heavy quotation marks because yeah. I do this gesture a lot. Um, is, is a device for... Anna to realize that she wants to marry him. Yeah. But then it turns out she had wanted to marry him all along. So yeah. it also didn't have that purpose. It didn't serve anything. No. It was the most interesting thing and it w- wasn't anything. Again, it was just another fun, with heavy quotation marks, <laughs> sequence that had no effect for the rest of the film. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want me to read some reviews? Oh, I love reviews. Was that all the trivia? That was all the trivia. Wow, I'm there, surprised. Well, no, there was other trivia about, like, uh, Christian uh, has UFC posters in his room because Jamie Dornan thought it would make him seem more masculine. Um, a lot of trivia about people thinking he wasn't sexy enough in the oh, first movie, so no. that's why he has a stubble and he tried to get even more fit. Uh, that makes me feel so sad. Yeah, I fucking, I like him. He's a smart, interesting person. Everything yeah. I've read of his is him being like, I did it. And I was not happy with the first film and I didn't want to do the rest of the films, but I had to because I was contractually obliged and they wouldn't let me leave. And I'm like, oh, baby. Yeah. I wonder if it's the same for Dakota Johnson. Potentially. But this is also why we shouldn't compare our own looks and beauty standards, I mean, to other people in general, but especially not to celebrities who are professionally beautiful. 100. And even when they're professionally beautiful, apparently they're not beautiful enough. Yeah. I always think about Adam Driver and how Adam Driver is notoriously very insecure about his looks, even though half of the millennial generation oh, want to fuck him. He has he has an army of 
thirsty teenage yeah. girls going after Kylo Ren. He's not he's not stereotypically handsome, but yeah. I think that's what makes him extra handsome. Hmm. Who cares about classically beautiful? Adam Driver is hot, but apparently when he did that, you know, the famous shot of him looking like real wide, yeah. that shirtless, because he's, he's a tank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are making fun of him for it. And then oh. all, uh, people were just like, can you not? He's notoriously very shy about yeah. his body. Please don't make jokes about his body. Yeah. It's not okay. We, I mean, culturally we have a double standard where we go like, why isn't there more different body types on screen? And then every time there is, we shame it. Yeah. So 100 percent. Yeah. We demand it. And then when we see it, we're shocked by it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, it's ugly. Give us our, our standard body type back. Yeah. So that's upsetting to hear about Jamie. It is, which is why, you know, I, I, I'll, <clears throat> I'll read some reviews. <laughs> A lot of the negative reviews, by the way, unsurprisingly, are shockingly sexist or mean to Dakota Johnson. Because <gasps> a lot of the negative reviews are men watching it and going, I hate that women like this. <laughs> I know, it was very weird. Um, but I got two good and two bad reviews from IMDb. Okay. So this one was a bad review. I physically felt two hours closer to death afterwards <laughs> from Fakamo. This movie is so bad, I can't begin to argument it. And I will not. The dream of every woman who wants to tame a rich, handsome, troubled monster man. It's <laughs> I'm glad he understands the women's plight. Where's my monster man? Well, you're a Muppet fucker. So <laughs> <laughs> it's masturbatory aid for reality disconnected teenage girls. Like Twilight, but infinitely more boring. I challenge you to find a bigger waste of your time than watching this senseless movie. Conversely, Sood2603 said, Good movie. I like the dominance they had on each other. She on his vulnerability, he on her sexuality. Although many feminists will say he is exploiting her... <laughs> But I see that as open for experience and experiment, and he wants to surrender to her. Rare combination for relationship, but a dreamy one. Mm, take that, feminists. <laughs> so on a similar note, here's another good one uh, from Mutazia Cute. Um, <laughs> titled, A True Film Telling the Truth of the Nature of Both Genders. Excellent sequel. Continue telling the the truth about relationships between women and men. Dakota and Dorian are excellent. The script is solid and true. That's why I like it. Absolute truth about how both genders feels and act in relationship. Men are dominant and women are needy. Simple and easy like that. <laughs> and then oh, I'm so angry. <laughs> Uh, it's the absolute truth, though. Yeah, oh, as a, as a very needy woman myself, <laughs> I'm just looking for my dominant man, my <laughs> dominant monster man to tame. <laughs> Where is he? Well, you're looking for a dominant muppet. <laughs> and then, which his... one's the monster muppet? Which one do you reckon's the dominant monster muppet that I could find? Well, I mean, Gonzo is is an alien. I don't know if that counts as monster. Animal um, is sort of a monster. Oh, animal! Yeah, it's animal for me. <laughs> we all want to fuck animal. Yeah. Like that's cheating. I hope he's a built. <laughs> I'm sorry, my brain, out of a trauma response, tried to skim over that. What did you just say to me? <laughs> well, we all want to fuck animal. <laughs> You're not special. <laughs> no, for me, it was always Rizzo. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's charming. Yeah, yeah. Hey. And he's pocket-sized, you know? He's easy uh, to transport. Yeah, that's true. Oh, let's get off this topic. Um, and so here's the last one. Uh, and it, I love this one. And I thought the first film was bad by blank X IMDb. 
This is arguably the worst film I've ever seen. And then in brackets, the first, the third one, and Alvin and the Chipmunks aren't too far behind. So I'm excited that they've listed three other movies that we've got to watch. Yay! <laughs> Those were the best reviews I could find. Wow. What was yeah. your takeaway on, 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 on Fifty Shades Darker? So for the first like third of the movie, I was like, this is bad, but it's just boring as opposed to actionably bad like the rest of them. But then it sort of gets worse and goes for longer and longer and longer. I think ultimately it's closer to like a three, right? It's it's better than Nothing to Lose, Me and the Blacks, like the movies that are barely movies. Mm. We're in movie country, but it, it still isn't a story and I hate it. Yeah, I get that. What's yours? Uh, I found it fun to watch again. Like, as I said with Twilight, franchises are fun to watch through, especially the super successful ones. This is the only franchise we get to watch every entry. Oh, and by the way, sorry, this is coming really late, but I am... I am dismayed. I am full of despair and disgust that beautiful Jennifer Ale was in it as Dakota Johnson's mom. That is so upsetting. The OG Lizzie Bennet is better than this, all right? How did she go from the 1995 Pride and Prejudice, five hours of heaven... To this tiny bit role in this terrible film. It's she got upsetting. over the age of 40, that's how. Yes, I know. She's now irrelevant because she's not hot, um, but she is. Um, anyway, the rating. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, franchises are really fun to watch. And it is, again, as I said, we eat this up because it's really luxurious and stylish and mm. and we, we want this life. And I'm not going to lie, there were bits of it where I was like, I want to go get coffee in Seattle in a pretty coat. I want to be on a yacht. <laughs> so well, it, it. I want to do the first one a lot more than the second one, but those are very disparate. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be on a yacht sometimes. <laughs> I love that those are the two the two things you wanted to do most out of the. Wish I was yachting. Oh, I can't believe we didn't even talk about how much of this movie is just like advertisements wrapped as a movie yes i joked the pool scene was an espresso ad and the yacht scene was a ralph lauren ad 100 percent. yeah it is i think that you could cut the yacht scene into a black and white ad and it would be like ralph lauren yeah yacht or the the it w- if it was johnny depp instead of jamie dornan it would be sauvage <laughs> um my my rating for it because i was very briefly guiled into this luxurious stylish mm. life um so that kind of made it a bit fun to watch yeah. you know um i'll give it a, a, a 3.5 okay yeah because i i actually enjoyed how shit it was i would probably watch it again if i was drunk yeah that's fair yeah i probably i and probably I'm often drunk i probably would because i wouldn't have to pay attention exactly yeah yeah it was a good time and i'm very excited when we eventually get around to Fifty Shades Freed. Yeah. And then very far down the list, the first Fifty Shades. So excited. In two years' time, we'll be returning to this bad boy. Yeah. Two years' time, we'll be 27. So, you know, stay subscribed. You fucking better. Yeah. Or else Mish is going to come around your house and beat you up. I'm going to beat your ass. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. it. Treat him mean. Keep him subscribed. <laughs> Well, that's all for Fifty Shades Darker. What are we watching next week? Next week we're doing Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension. Ooh, spooky boy. Yeah, the first horror. I know. Which is very exciting. I mean, if you don't count AVP, which (laughs) was pretty much a slasher film, but yeah. Having never seen any Paranormal Activity, I love activity. (laughs) (laughs) Join us next week or you're going to get it. (laughs) 